turbulent times call for clear-headed insight. That's hard to come by these days, especially on TV. That's where we come in. Salem News Channel has the greatest collection of conservative minds all in one place. People you know and trust, like Dennis Prager, Eric Metaxas, Charlie Kirk, and more. Unfiltered, unapologetic truth. Find what you're searching for at snc.tv and on Local Now Channel 525. Thank you for joining us today. In today's message, Pastor Rander teaches us God's specific requirements for praising and thanking Him as outlined in Psalms 100. Every person of every nation is to make a joyful noise unto the Lord. God's Word makes it clear that no person or nation is exempt from this requirement. We are to praise Him for His goodness to us in all things. We are to serve Him with gladness and come before His presence with singing. We are to love God, praise God, and bless His name at all times. He will be teaching from a number of scriptures, so get your pen and paper ready. Now let's listen in. Let's pray. And Father, we thank you for the privilege of preaching your word once again. And we pray, Father, that you have the people to just be still, settle down, get their minds out of what they're going to do after church, and just be all here at this moment to hear what you have to say for this appointed time for spiritual development, growth, and even the salvation of people. In Jesus' name, and all God's children said, last Sunday we started a series uh, entitled Making a Decision to Place Your Finances Under God's Divine Management. And uh, we dealt with a financial stewardship uh, from a creative perspective as we looked at the God of creation. We looked at the book of Genesis and we lifted up insights from several verses and just saw the goodness of God and his provision for man and all the things that he has created for his glory and the good of mankind. So we're going to continue where we left off. Uh, We'll transition, even though God has entrusted us to manage his resources we have a tendency to think we have ownership instead of stewardship. Uh, God has entrusted us with his possessions. Everything belongs to the Lord. And sometimes we can get used to, so used to handling that which belongs to God, we'll take it upon ourselves to think that that's ours. And whereas we should be thinking that, hey, I am a caretaker of that which belongs to God, your children, your job, your wife, your husband, your shoes, your socks, the, the grass, the pets, all belong to God. For example, God has given us the responsibility of managing our families, that our families is a gift from God to us. Our careers, we are managing our careers, employees, Uh, We have given the responsibility of managing our health, our finances, how we manage our time is so critical. And God has given us 24 hours in a day. And some people make great progress with time and other folk waste time and have little show for it now that half of their lives uh, are over. And so not only is it a issue of time management, but uh, even the, the blessing of managing our health, 
uh, time and retirement. Some of you have been blessed to retire from even one job, military career, civil service, two jobs. Uh, some of you have been blessed to even see the days where you're now receiving social, social security with and all the benefits that come with it. But, uh, and some people die the day before they're retired. Some people die three weeks after they retired because tomorrow is not promised to us. So whatever God gives us, we ought to be thankful. Amen. We ought to be very, very, very thankful. So if we fail to keep the right spiritual perspective, especially when it comes to finances, we will usurp the authority of God as the owner and not seek him, not trust him, not allow him to govern our finances uh, his way. This will result in financial mismanagement. When you take that which is God and handle it your way instead of his way, you are destined to make a financial mess because God has gifted you with everything you have and he knows how to best manage it simply because he is the all wise God. But if you go on and say, I don't want God in my finances. I don't want God telling me what to do with my money. This will result in financial mismanagement, financial worries, financial troubles because of a refusal to acknowledge God in your financial decisions. Proverbs 3, 5 and 6 says, trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not to your own understanding. In all your ways, acknowledge him and he will direct your path. As a matter of fact, you can do more with the money God has allotted to you when you seek his mind, seek his wisdom, seek his understanding, and he can do a whole lot with a little bit when God is in it. He could, just like he did in Old Testament time, he took two fish, five loaves of bread, and fed 5,000. How could that happen apart from a miracle working God. Amen. Uh, Psalms 24, one says the earth is the Lord and its fullness, the world and those who dwell therein, the earth. And not only the earth is, is, is the Lord. Mars is the Lord, Jupiter, uh, Blue, all the planets in the solar system that we covered last week, all belongs to God. And uh, he owns the world. He owns everything that is in it. What has God given us? He's been good to you. How many of y'all know God has been good to you? I declare today that God has been good to you, even if you don't know that God is good to you. As a matter of fact, when is the last time you told your husband, your child, your wife, do you know God has been good to us? And if he doesn't give us another thing, he's already given us far more than what we deserve. Let me just give you some things to fill in the blank as to what God has given us. Y'all ready? Number one, God has given us, write it in, physical life. Physical life. Genesis 1.27 says, so God created man in his own image. That image is likeness. We are made in the likeness of God. In the image of God, he created him. Male and female, he created them. Genesis 2.7 says, and the Lord God formed man of the dust of the ground and breathed into his nostrils, the breath of life, and man became a living soul. That living soul, man became a living being. He became a living being with the capacity for serving God, worshiping God, and fellowshipping with God. You are a living being made in the image and likeness of God. 
Uh, elephants don't have souls. Uh, giraffes and, and Lassie doesn't have soul. But you, not the dog, not the cat, not the monkey, not the squirrel, not the deer, not the giraffe. None of those animals are made with living soul. God made you the crown of his creation in his image, in his likeness, according to this scripture. It's in your Bible if you haven't torn out the page, my friend. And we were made uh, with the capacity to serve God, to worship God, and to fellowship with God. Ezekiel 18.4a says, Behold, all souls are mine. The soul of the Father, as well as the soul of the Son, is mine. The soul belongs to God. Because life belongs to God. God created man out of the dust of the earth. He formed out of the dust of the earth. He formed and fashioned man. And man was lifeless, even though formed, even though fashioned, even though made. And he breathed, said the scripture, into his nostrils, the breath of life. And man became animated. He began to move. He began to to talk. And, he, and by the way, when he created man and woman, he did not create them babies. He created them fully mature. They were fully mature, a fully mature reproduct, reproductive system, a fully mature man and woman. And he told them to be fruitful and multiply where if they were babies. They couldn't have done that anyhow. So 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 we see here that we were made in his image and likeness. Acts seventeen twenty eight says, for in him we live and move and have our being. In other words, in other words, man and woman were, were created in the image of God. However, sinners become children of God only through faith in Jesus Christ alone. Uh, even the pagans, even folk that don't believe in God were made in his image and his likeness. They just don't know it. And uh, that is a gift. Physical life is a gift from God. Uh, beloved, God created us and breathe within us the breath of life. Therefore, we cannot exist. The word is exist without God. We cannot exist without God. Even people who think they can exist without God cannot. That's right. The psalmist says in Psalms 14:1, a fool has said in his heart, there is no God. And, 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 and he's a fool because he don't believe in God. Before we continue with the message, let's search our hearts and consider ways in which we hinder authentic worship of Almighty God. Do we always honor, adore, extol, serve, and worship Him with joyful hearts at all times and in all things? If we're honest, we'll admit that there is room for improvement. As Psalms 105 tells us, the Lord is good, His mercy is everlasting, and His truth endureth to all generations. Listen in as Pastor Rander continues this powerful, thought-provoking message, and remember to keep pen and paper ready. You can see all the snow-capped mountains, the rivers, the birth, the process of a birth of a baby. When we see the rainbow, when we see the clouds, when we see uh, the grains of sand at the seashores, uh, when we see the mountains and all these things, and then conclude that there is no God, that's a fool. That's a fool. Uh, God exists even when people fail to recognize that he exists. Number two, what else has God uh, gifted us with? He has gifted us with dominion. The word is dominion. 
Genesis 1.28 says, then God blessed them and God said to them, be fruitful and multiply, fill the earth and subdue it. Have, there is again, dominion over the fish of the sea, over the birds of the air and over every living thing that moves on the earth. The word is dominion. Uh, dominion, you say, what is it? Dominion is a gift from God. Let me say that first of all, you fill in the blank. The word is a gift. It's a gift from God in that he allowed man to rule over his creation. For example, man can get an elephant to dance and stand on his, on their hind legs. He can get a lion to jump through hoops, Shamu to kill a whale, to jump out of the water on command and birds to come when, when summoned and land on his hand or on his shoulder at the car. He can just do his hand like that and that bird will come and light right on his shoulder. How does that happen? Because man has dominion. You don't think he does? Then I took my grandchildren uh, this past summer to Ringling Brothers Barnum and Bailey. Our grandchildren, we just had a wonderful time looking at the lions on and seeing the elephants sit on those stools and the tigers and all these things and they were holding the, the They'd eat the tails of each other, walking in circles and standing on hind legs. I say, look at those animals. Matter of fact, those animals obey better than people. As a matter of fact, some children don't obey the way that man could get <laughs> those animals to, to obey his command. You, you know how come the, the man can do that to the elephant, to the birds and all these things? It's because God has given us the gift of dominion. When is the last time you said Dominion. Say say the word dominion, dominionship. God has given us that. That's a gift from God. Thirdly, what else has God given us? God has given us free will. He's given us free will. In Genesis 2, 15, 17, it says, then the Lord God took the man and put him in the garden of Eden to tend and keep it. And the Lord God commanded man saying, of every tree of the garden, you may eat freely, but of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil, you shall not eat for in the day that you eat of it, you shall surely die. We even see God giving man instructions and say, look now, if, if you, if you don't follow my instructions, you're going to die and gave man the the choice. He he was created with free will. We see that in Deuteronomy chapter 30, verse 19. I call heaven and earth as a witness today against you that I may set before you life and death. Look, it's your choice to choose life or death, blessings and cursing. Therefore, choose life that both you and your descendants may live. You, you have that choice. You could, you have a choice to walk in holiness or you have a choice to walk in unholiness. You have a choice to, um, to, to live responsibly or you have a choice to live irresponsibly and your decisions determines the outcome. If you disobey God, then you will receive curses. If you obey him, you will receive blessings. And not only will you be blessed, your family and your descendants will be blessed as well. So choose life. Joshua 24, 15 says, and if it seems evil to you to serve the Lord, choose. Look here, he gave us free will. Choose for yourselves this day whom you will serve, whether the gods which your father served that were on the other side of the river, 
are the gods of the Amorites in whose land you dwell. But as for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. Serving the Lord is a choice. You can serve the devil or you can serve God. You have to teach your children how to serve God. It is your responsibility as parents to inculcate within your children godly principles, to give them Jesus, to lay hands on them, to pray for them, to teach them how to bless their food. It is the parent's responsibility to bring up the children the way they should go. So as for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. Who but a loving God would give man, who is the crown of his creation, a choice to accept or reject him, in the blanks, to obey or rebel against him. It's amazing. God gives us the choice to accept him or reject him, to obey him or rebel against him. Oh, what a gracious and kind God we have. Truly, having that freedom of choice is a gift from God himself. In other words, God didn't make us robots where we can just move around with something, some little hand gadget, and we have to go left, go right. You know, God didn't make us like that, uh, uh, either like a puppet on a string, you know, and you just do this. You know, it's amazing. God could have made us without free will. You say, why? why did he create us with free will? He wants us to choose to love him. He wants us to choose to have a relationship with him. He's not going to force himself on, on, on you. He wants you to choose. I stand at the door and knock. If any man opens that door, if anyone opens that door, I will come in and I will fellowship with him. He wants you to love him. He wants you to desire him. He don't want you to be coerced or dragged. He wants you to choose to love, wants to love God. As a matter of fact, the love of God is very powerful. Who but a loving God would give us this kind of uh, freedom to be able to accept or reject, to obey or rebel. Uh, number four, another gift is his love, his love. John three sixteen says, for God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son, that whoever believes in him should not perish, but have everlasting life. My friends, the love of God is mysterious. The love of God is great. And the love of God is unconditional. Okay. The love of God is what? Mysterious. Say it with me. The love of God is great. And the love of God is unconditional. Uh, the, the, in other words, it's, it's mysterious how God will love us in spite of ourselves. Because we, we're not that good. We, as a matter of fact, we're in the worst of shape. We've rebelled against God. We've been enemies against God. We were born sinners shaped in iniquity. The love of God is a mysterious type of love. It is a great love. And it's an unconditional love. Ephesians 2, 4 says, but God, who is rich in mercy because of his great love with which he loved us. He loved us with a great love. God loves you more than you love yourself. Did you get that? God loves you more than he loves yourself. God loves you more than than you love your wife. God loves you indescribably, incomprehensibly. You you, You can't affix an adjective to describe the magnitude of God's love toward us. As a matter of fact, Romans 5, 8 says, but God demonstrates his own love toward us in that while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. I mean, Christ didn't die for us at our best. He died for us at our worst. In our depraved state, our sinful state, our wretched state, our no good state, 
uh, our backslidden state, God sent his only son to die for you and me in our sin sick condition. He didn't send his son uh, based on our performance. You know, as a matter of fact, we're not saved by works, but, but we are, we, we don't work to be saved. But we, if we are truly saved, then we will do righteous works unto our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. While we were still a unholy mess, a hot mess, while we were in a state of rebellion, spiritual regression, Jesus loved us in spite of ourselves. He loved us with an unconditional love like only he can love. So I want to say there is never a time where God ceases to love us. God loves us at our best and he loves us at our what? Our worst. That's where you can shake your fist in the face of God and he still loves you. As a matter of fact, they did that to Jesus. They plucked his beard. They pierced him in the side. They hung him on a cross. And he said, Father, forgive them for they know not what they do. He loved them unto death. He loved and by the way, he wants you to choose to love him. And if you choose to reject him, he still loves you in spite of your rejection. Let me just say it this way that'll really wake you up. God, even if you reject him and the consequences of rejecting him is hell and he will love you unto hell. Or straight into hell. He doesn't stop loving you. He said, these are the consequences for rejecting me, but it does not dismiss my love for you. It's powerful to even think about that, that people in hell, he doesn't want to see there and they go there because of their own choice. He said, you didn't want me. So now you'll spend all eternity without me, but I still love you. You rejected my son. You rejected my love. I let you have the consequence of your choice. What else has God gifted? I, I just got to stop and pop and park right here. Excuse the English, but ain't he good? <laughs> oh, y'all, come on. If anybody know he's good, you ought to be saying amen. Ain't he good? Who but a God could do all of this for us and then we turn around and can't bless him back with our tithes and offerings. Shame on us. What has God gifted us with? He has gifted us with the Bible. You know, the Bible is a gift from God. There are so many languages in the world that still do not have, that still does not have the Bible in their language. And we, and I, some of us, you have big Bibles, Bibles in Braille, you got pocket-sized Bibles, you got half Bibles, or just New Testament. I like the whole counsel of God. I, I pack around a whole Bible a whole Bible, the whole counsel of God. And uh, some of you got, you can just count the Bibles collecting dust. And that's why your life is so dusty. Dusty. The Bible is a gift from God. Where is your Bible? It is amazing how people don't bring their Bible to the Lord's house on the Lord's day. You say, I got it in technology. Oh, good. I could be preaching from technology. There's nothing wrong with technology. You got software, I have at it, but uh, I've, been pre- I've been preaching, I've been pastoring for almost 32 years, and I've only come up here with one book because this book is the only book that God ever wrote. I'm not going to even come up here 
with some kind of gadget, or iPad, or some. What if the battery goes out, the malfunction? Then, then I can't read the scripture because it's all. I guess I have to have the whole thing memorized. It's no substitute for the Bible. I never will forget. I was on my way to the Philippines with my wife. And we were sitting in the center section on this huge um, uh, 747 uh, jet. And I couldn't sleep that night. I got the little light on above me. And I pulled my Bible out and I began to read and prepare myself for where I was going to go and minister. And I opened the pages of scripture, began to read. And then two rows down on the same row in the middle section, this guy looked over. My wife was asleep. He looked. He said, I know what that book is. I said, you do? He said, he said, it's a Bible. I said, yeah, you got it right. He said, can you come over here and tell me something about it? And I went over there and I went all the way around. I came and I parked and I got on my knees right there on that plane and began to tell him about the Holy Scripture and began to witness to him. And there were some other missionaries on the plane seeing that exchange going on. And when I finished, the missionaries that I did not know were on that plane, they said, you know, we were praying for you as you were ministering to that guy. But had I never not pulled my Bible out and pulled the technology out, he thought I'd been playing Pac-Man or something on that Bible, on, on the computer, you know? And so, matter of fact, another occasion, I took the Bible out. I was on my way to India and uh, the attendant, flight attendant, a lady, uh, she, she said, oh, the Bible. She got so excited and she had lots of questions for me. And I began to answer her questions, began to minister to her. And then she opened her purse and said, where are you going to minister? Can you give this offering to the place that you're going to minister? I was so blessed that I want to be in on what God is doing in your ministry where you're going. And she gave an offering that I put in the offering plate and she was going a whole nother direction. But she wanted to be a blessing because she got blessed from the experience just because I took out the Bible. I dare you to take out your Bible on the work in the workplace in the lunch, whatever. All of a sudden, people will take note of it. And they will resent you or they will love you. Some will fall into conviction because they're Christians, but they don't have their Bible. As we choose to live holy each day of our lives, Satan will seek to destroy us and our testimony. That's his goal. We have a goal, too, to lean on the everlasting arms of Jesus and finish well. As we live for our Lord and Savior, though we are weak, we become strong. Why? Because greater is he that is in us than he that is in the world. If you enjoy this kind of biblical teaching or would like to hear this message in its entirety, please visit us at Maranatha Bible Church, located at 7855 East Loop 1604 North in Converse, Texas, or call us at 210-821-5683.